Hey, welcome again to Known Legacy. This is Travis. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, we uh, we love it when you guys uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it or give us a five-star rating. That really helps out and uh, helps get the word out. And uh, you can always follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Known Legacy Ministries. And so today we're unpacking um, Dads of the Bible and we're looking at Shem and Abraham. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Morning, Bill. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, man. It, we, um, yeah, good. Good, good, good. I, like, I feel like spring has sprung here in the DFW area. Yeah, it only took a week to get from winter to summer. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. There was a one-week break between, I was literally in the same parking lot, and I'd been towing my kids on a sled mm-hmm. and then the next week the jeep was like stripped down and it was 78 degrees yeah. i'm like go home texas you're drunk <laughs> like what's going on here it was crazy it was awesome so yeah uh dude yeah it's just been it's been a crazy couple weeks and i know that we, we took uh you know j- just took some time to uh to kind of get through this chaos i don't know about you but we were helping people and trying to get people back you know power and all that kind of crazy stuff and busted pipes and and it was it was a busy time, but I'm glad we're back to uh, to just connect up and continue to talk more about this dad stuff. And so it's pretty good. Now you're going to listen to this later on the podcast, but do you know what today is, Bill? March second. Do you know what today is? Texas Independence Day. Oh, I'm so proud of you, dude. You are now a Texan. I've been you, here long enough. You have jumped the shark. You are a full fledged Texan. Welcome. I'm Thank glad you. you're here. Thank you. I mean, I got here as fast as I could. Yeah, and uh, I realized it as quick as possible. It's the only state that I know that like celebrates Independence Day of the yeah. state almost yeah. as much as celebrating the nation national independence. It I is think even if not more. It it is so prideful and arrogant. It's f- <laughs> like my Facebook feed is full of Texas flags and you know pictures of San Jacinto and everything else. It's How fantastic. crazy is that? It's 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 a good time. I think it's uh, I don't know. I like it. I, I love it because in New York they don't do New York history for kids but they do Texas they're like what's Texas history and we're like oh and we're like we've been like my apartment in New York was older than Texas and we're like no no listen to our history here <laughs> listen and well, so it's interesting and in school man they they dedicate like two years of your education to Texas history and it's it's fantastic it's the whole story wild. the Alamo San Jacinto how that whole thing came about yeah divine providence it. everything else yeah. come and take it. it come and yeah. take it that's all i think about is that kind of like that that attitude i love it i love it but which was marked by failure if you think about it, like the alamo <laughs> yeah. was like this huge failure come and take it was this, but yeah and then you have david crockett but i think i think the thing is more like listen with with what six 400 guys 600 guys i didn't take texas history was it 600 men at the alamo or was it 400 go with it Okay. I, I'm not going to declare either. With the hundreds of men <laughs> compared <laughs> to the go. thousands. And that's like it's kind of like that guy who gets into a fight. And like, you see that one good shot I got in him? <laughs> Black eye? And we're like, yeah, we had we had everybody go down. But you see how many we took down with us? <laughs> like, that's the part I love. The Texas attitude is like, yeah, we'll take that. I know. So I love it. It's it's good. And so, hey, um, you, know, it, you know, in the midst of history, uh, there is a historical truth about dads, too. Yeah. And they love dad jokes. Nice segue. You like that segue? I did. So I got some more from our book. The, the, the long history of dad jokes. I make it sound all professional when someone's <laughs> like, turn to page 42 in the book. And you're like, there it is. Anyways, so here we go. How does a polar bear build its house? One 
brick at a time. It glues it together. That's stupid. It's terrible. <laughs> Where does Bruce Wayne go to use the toilet? The bat cave. The bat room. <laughs> so stupid. I'm I'm so, still going. so basically what I hear you saying is dad jokes are are just purely a conglomerate of guys not being able to read right. Correct. And so they mispronounce words. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. These so ever seen the Goldbergs? I have. These I think are like the uh the paper version of that dad. <laughs> he's such a curmudgeonly old man. Yeah, he's like he is. So what do you call a noodle or what do you call a fake noodle? Thai f- food noodle? An impasta. <laughs> why am I laughing? Like that's the thing. Like, why am I laughing? I don't know, but this one's good. We'll end with this one. Why okay. shouldn't you kiss someone on January first? Uh, why? Because it's the first date. It's stupid. There he is. For more great dead <laughs> jokes, go to... <laughs> so, you know, I love it. I love it. The whole idea of dad jokes are awesome. So thank you guys for hanging in there. And, uh, you know, we are excited. Uh, you know, again, we're, we're here to help, help guys come alive and tell the worst dad jokes. Because if we can help you embarrass your kids, we have done our job. Right. Pretty and much. I think along with that, it's getting the eye roll from your wife. I mean, oh, that's really yeah. the key is, you know. It's like a two for one. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I've, I've, done, I've done all I can. Remember those days when you first started dating and, and she thought you were the funniest guy in the world and then you get married and then you get a few years underneath you and everything you're saying, she rolls her eyes and it's yeah. like this, the courtesy laugh like, <laughs> you're so clever. Exactly. And you know you're not. Exactly. I love it. So, yeah, so, so as, we're, as we're continuing to talk about uh, th- this, this dad stuff that we've we got going on, it kept coming to mind. Uh, Abraham and Shem and actually actually we were talking about Abraham and it kind of backed up to Shem and so I wanted to talk a little about today about Shem and his journey. So who is Shem? Shem is the uh, the son of Noah. Really? Yeah. There's like a lot of time between Noah and Abraham. I know. Isn't that crazy? You know and even even doing that notes you know as, as we sit here and look at this it's crazy to think that you know according to to the history Abraham, Abram, Abraham was alive when Shem was alive. Really? People lived a lot longer. You know that. Oh, yeah. And so, so it's interesting to think about the idea that like Abraham lived and possibly had, you know, uh, you know, I'm guessing family, family gatherings were a little more crucial at that moment. You know, they, not everyone lived in Seattle and Texas and New right. York and things like that. And so, so people got together more often and I could just imagine like, well, we need a good story to keep the kids occupied. Hey, Shem, could you tell about that time that you helped save the world? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind sitting us down and telling us? And, you know, at that point, I'm guessing, because at this point about, Shem was, I think, maybe 300, 400 years old. Right. You know, essentially. And then Abraham gets like this little, you know, Abraham just gets placed down in the front because, hey, all the little kids come to the front right. because he's getting old and he's not talking as loud. And then, they, you know, the teenage ones or the, the 40-year-old ones that are sitting there like rolling their eyes thinking heard this just, before. Yeah, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, that didn't happen. And then the Titanic music comes on and like, and then the ship was okay and there were no icebergs. Did he sing it? Do you think Shem sang? I don't know. Celine, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. dear goodness. Boy. And so so here, here is Abram hearing the story, possibly firsthand from a guy who was on the boat. That's kind of cool. Right. And hearing all these stories of faithfulness and things like that. And so, I don't know, uh, Shem, I think, you know, as you, as you look through his history, uh, just like you said, like, I can't imagine what he felt like 
putting himself in that place of Noah coming home one day and going, hey, uh, we're going to do this. And then for him to say yes and to see that, see that, see that faithfulness through. And so I think it's kind of interesting as, as we think about the story of Shem that, I mean, not much is said about Shem except for he was, he had integrity and honor. I mean, it was a lot was said, but there weren't like the negatives that right. we keep reading about a lot of these guys. That, but what he did do, we would assume, is that he continued to tell the story to anyone that would listen, right? And I think, you know, you, you go back to um, uh, even our more recent history, and, and it, it still floors me that there's people out there that deny the Holocaust, Right. Yeah. 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 And even though we have people who were actually there that liberated yes. these camps and we have survivors of what happened at these camps. And so you can see Shem and the culture again, as generation grows upon generation, grows upon generation, grows the number of people that are listening to him and trusting his story it probably shrinks. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. because it's like it didn't really happen the way he said it. Did. Yeah. He's it's just, like the fish you know, that got away. Right. 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 You know, it starts off at the size of a minnow and then it becomes a, you know, a land shark that got away. It was bigger than, you know, and, and, and yet there's probably those opportunities that Abram had a chance to hear or at least know of his great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah. Shem. Yeah. And the story of Noah firsthand. You know, yeah, and that's crazy. And so, you know, when you come into the scriptures and all of a sudden you hear this story of Abram hearing from God and and having the guts to pack up everything he has, all of his livestock, all of his cattle, all of his manservants and maidservants and, and his entire family to go. I always process that as out of nowhere. He heard something and he did it. Yeah. But but what you're saying is he probably had a concept of this God that speaks. Yeah. And this God that directs. And all of a sudden, Shem's life is coming to an end, and all of a sudden, God speaks to Abram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder if Abram actually went to Shem and says, do you know what God's voice sounded like? Because I think I heard it. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, you know, after these stories, and most of the kids go back to play or whatever, I could just see Abram stepping up to, like, you know, great, 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 grandpa Shem. Like, you know, I don't think he said all the greats, but grandpa. Would you imagine calling him that? Grandpa, like, what was it like to see you know, faith and action like that. What was it like to hear the voice of God? Like, what did your dad tell you? And he's like, let me tell you what my dad told me. And, you know, there's those moments when we still crave that as a society, when we sit down and it's like, you know, there's, there's those, there's those, um, you know, I, I love, I love history. The only thing that I, that I can equate it to is like in band of brothers is when, uh, Dick Winters, the actual Dick, Dick Winters talks on those band, band of brothers and stories. Right. And those are times like, oh, stop, 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 stop fast forwarding. I want to hear what he has to say. Right. And, and that is someone I don't even know. He's not my dad. He's, he's not even my grandfather. And so you're like, but you're like, I want to hear from this guy. I can't imagine if that was my grandfather right. who's like, this is my grandpa and he's going to tell me how to. And the world craves that from us to speak into the lives of the next generation. That's why we do all this. Right. And so, so for him to stop and go, you're right. What does it look like to hear the voice of God and Shem to stop him at that point and share that with Abraham? So, so, so you're right. There's Abraham could have been easily been listening for this voice of God his whole life. That's kind of cool. That is very cool. And, and you know, it reminds me of, you know, the, the internal thought that I have is like, what stories am I sharing with my kids? Right. And again, we live in a culture that is so immediate 
And, and yeah. we, it's hard to remember those stories. And, you know, my dad is now, he was in Vietnam, and I, mm-hmm. I got a chance to hear some of his stories because, uh, unbeknownst to me, so there's a movie out um, with Mel Gibson in it um, called We Were Soldiers. Yes. A great movie yep. about leadership and just the brutality of, of Vietnam. And um, so I finally convinced my dad to watch this movie, right? And mm-hmm. we're sitting there halfway through the movie. I think I've shared the story before. And we're halfway through the movie, and uh, I turn over and I want to see if he likes it. And then I see, and he, there's a tear in his eyes, like, are you okay? And he goes, those were the guys I went through boot camp with. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I was actually at the air base and I was, I was a a secretary for the general because I knew how to type. And he goes, and I still remember the radio chatter of this battle going down. Wow. And you're like, he had never shared any of that with me. Wow. And all of a sudden he starts kind of unpacking what it was like for him when he was in Vietnam as the Vietnam War was kind of ramping up and, and the political and and it's a story that again we have stories to share, guys, that we need to be sharing with our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often we, we find it difficult to share that, so we hide it. And and I think what this story is like, man, don't. Like share the stories of how God is still faithful even in the midst of absolute chaos and absolute yeah. turmoil and absolute civil unrest. We still have a God who is faithful and the, the 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 what is it? It's darkest before the dawn. Yes. And so even though it may feel like it's the darkest moments, there is a dawn. And realize what God can do with the dawn. Well it's funny because stories supersede all that. Like people will listen to a story or, or you know an account. I remember when when I was a kid I you know have uh, foggy memories of always growing up in the VFW post, those veterans of foreign wars post. And these guys, you know, when I was a kid, my dad, you know, he, he would stop and he'd gra- grab a beer and I would just go in there. And, you know, I remember, I remember them telling me these stories that I would get on the, on the counter. I'd, I'd smack my hand. They would literally slide me over a Coke and a bag of pretzels <laughs> and, and they were just enamored to talk to people. And I got to hear a lot of stories of these guys, but it's interesting. It didn't really come to light until years later when I had given my father, and you've probably seen this this picture, but it's a it's a picture of a guy in a suit, you know, with like his, his like his suit jacket, and he's got like a, a briefcase, and he puts his hand against the, the Vietnam Memorial yes, Wall, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. other side is the guys. And I gave that to my dad, not thinking it would bring. I don't know what I was thinking. It's just like an honor, you know, right. kind of thing. Like I, you know, I, I know you did this. He couldn't hang it up for like three years. It sat behind the the couch, and he finally put it up. And when he did, he put this he put this whole memorial around right. around it, kind of like you know, not, not like but like but like all the stuff to do with Vietnam. So it was such an honor, but it created a conversation of like, wow, and you know, because I have a cousin that's on on the wall, and so he'd share those stories. But it, but it, it immediately gave me a respect. What you're saying, the story gave me respect because it connected to my heart, right. which then connected to my mind to say. I need to respect these guys. So now anytime that I see a guy with those crests on his hat, right. um, I have to stop and say thank you because of my dad and the story that he said. Right. And I guess what I'm saying is those stories are powerful, but you're right, we deny those stories. And it's not just war stories. I think it's stories of our past. Like whatever victories we had as a kid, whatever failures we had, our kids crave to hear those stories from us, right? Because it unlocks this thing of like it's like it's like the Goonies looking for the for like the gold. <laughs> Be the Goonie, you know what I'm saying? Like 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 share this story because our ki- every time we do that, we unlock a little treasure chest in our kids' heart to go, wow, that's what my dad went through. Right. That's what that's what he respects, and these kids desire that. You're right. right. And, and what it can do is is empower the next generation to maybe go beyond what we were able to go beyond in yeah, following yeah, yeah. God and knowing and discerning him and his calling in our lives. Yeah, right. It, yes. And that's what you see, like like the crazy part of Abraham, what you what you talked about when we talked about this a long time ago, I don't even know if it made it on the podcast, that you know, Abraham's dad 
Like he yeah. got up and he got halfway there, but then he found someplace comfortable and he couldn't finish the job. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, even even as we're looking at this lineage, but then I see in in verse thirty one of Genesis eleven, it says Terah took Abram at that time. At that time, Abraham's name was Abram, and we'll find out later why he was called Abraham. Uh, took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his grandson and Sarah, his daughter in law and his Ab- Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of Chaldees into the land of Canaan. Uh, but when he came to Haran, he settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. And so for some reason, something stopped him in Haran. Right. He was just like, all right, we're good. We've gone far enough. Something stopped him. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting when, when you bring it up, the idea that, like, we don't have to be defined by the failings of our past. And that's not to put all this on Abraham's dad. It's just to go, we, we use a lot of excuse to not move forward. Right. And so our kids need to hear our stories of even our failings to go, don't do what I did. Don't stop where I stopped. God has more. Right. And that almost like frees them instead of saying, well, my dad didn't do it, but then sharing why he didn't, or even the fears. Well, I was afraid, but you're made for more than I am and be able to pass that baton onto our kids. And so then you look at Abraham, and again, this is probably going to be a multi-part series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Abraham here at this moment, he, he is a comfortable life. He has a comfortable existence. He's with his family. He's with all the anchors and the roots that you would expect to have a, a good, successful experience yeah. and existence, right? And yet God comes to him and calls him to do something radical, something unexpected. And Abram has the guts to pack up everything and follow God to a land that he will show him. He doesn't even know where the journey is going to end. He doesn't even know where the journey is going to go. He just knows his job is to follow. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some tension in him about leaving family. There's some tension about leaving comfortable land. He doesn't know where it's going to end. Yeah. And yet the, the, the success is the fact that Abraham was able to do that. This kid was able to do what the father wasn't. And, and that's an encouragement to me that, man, if I can raise my kids to go where I was unable to go, to have a heart to love the way that I am unable to love, to see things clearly the way that God desires it, not just clouded by whatever baggage I've brought to this, that for me is success. And part of that is being able to tell the story of our, our successes and our failures along yeah. the way. Yeah, because because there, there's those moments that, that even this, the tension is we're not trying to develop kids to pursue our dreams. We're trying Oof. to get them to listen to God's voice. And that is success. Success is not them becoming us. Success is them becoming what God's created them to become. Right. And so, so, so just like I could just picture Abram talking to his father, who then was like, yeah, go, go ask your grandfather, Shem, about that. Like, go and talk to him uh, and ask him what happened. Because I'm guessing, I'm just going to guess that Shem lived under quite the shadow of Noah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am the guy who heard from God and built the boat and saved the world. That's quite a shadow to live under. And so he had two options there to live in the, the, the idea that like, I'll never be like my father, which we've seen that before. Yep. Or trying to live out this dream of your father or to gain the character to go, you need to listen to this voice. So I'm going to, sh- our stories are there to show our kids what they can become, not what, what they, not what we can create them to become, but what God designed them to, right. to say, listen to this voice. And that's what Abram did. By, I truly believe that as that as he heard from Shem or he heard down the line from his father even, who knows if the conversation from his dad one day was, hey, dad, I'm thinking of doing this. And he's like, go do it. You need to. Right. Like, you, you, you need to do this because I didn't finish what God 
had intended for me. And wouldn't that be just words of encouragement to our kids as they start to pursue things that maybe are different than what we want from them or maybe even what we see in them, right? Um, I'll never forget when I was doing youth ministry, there was this amazing young woman um, who it was her senior year. um, She was very, she had some scholarships for volleyball. Um, Mom and dad had been faithful and put away tons of money for college so she could go to almost any college debt free, right? Yeah. And it's her senior year and we were on a mission trip the right before her senior year and she comes to me at the end of the mission trip and she goes, Dad uh Trad, Dad, excuse me. Um uh Travis, I, I I feel like God's calling me to do missions next year, not go to college. Hmm. I'm like, huh. How how are mom and dad gonna take that? And she goes, Not good. Not well. And so I said, Well we'll be better to be praying about it. Well it was finally September now. This mission trip happened in July, it's September and she pulls me aside and meet in her office. She goes, I feel like it's time that I need to tell my dad. I've done all the research. I've done all that. I know where I'm going to go. I know what I'm going to do. I've done all, I know how it's going to be paid for. I've done all the research. I'm ready. And I'll never forget the conversation that dad had with me when he called me on that Wednesday after they talked. Then he, you know, he straight up, first thing out of his mouth, I hate you. Wow. And I'm like, I know. He goes, I love it that my daughter, but I hate it because it's not what I had for her. Mm. I said, I know. And they let her go. And she did 18 months of foreign mission right around the world. And now then she fell in love with literature. She fell in love with Latin, of all things. And now she's a Latin school teacher with this bevy of world experience for 18 months traveling to, you know, everything from Europe to Africa to Asia to Asia Minor, everything. And it's all because dad was able to, at that moment, put his dreams for his daughter aside and say, the greatest success I have is that my daughter would listen and follow the calling of God. And uh, that, that I want to be that kind of dad. I don't know yeah, if I am, yeah. but I want to be that kind of dad, you know? Yes. I, no, I totally agree with you because I think that's it is truly success is helping our kids hear the voice of God, not becoming what we, we've designed them to become. God gave us our lives to steward our lives and to shoot the arrow with our, with our kids. But sometimes those arrows go ways we don't <laughs> want them to. At least and here. Now, mine are still in, in the quiver per se. Right. But... When I talk to other godly men who have shot the arrows and they're like, there just comes a moment, Bill, when you have no more control and the, the wind could shoot that thing left or right. But there comes a moment to go, have I done everything I can? Have I pulled it back far enough? Have I taught them what they need to, which is, do they hear the voice of God? Do they know who they are as a child of God? Do they know that this is true regardless of what it is? And so walking in those things, walking in the truth of God's word is true. God is so for you. Right. You are a fearful and wonderfully made masterpiece. Go. Right. And if we can do that, we've been successful. And I think the challenge is we have a lot of dads that are investing to make sure the kids know how to throw a baseball right. A lot of dads investing in how to make sure the kid knows how to kick a soccer ball right. And we'll go to every single soccer game and every single baseball game to support them. And that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, if we're not pouring into our kids how to hear, discern, and follow the will of God, then maybe, just maybe, we've put some focus in the wrong area. Yeah. If a kid can throw a baseball but not know that Jesus Christ loves them and has forgiven them. I think there's something wrong there. Absolutely. You and know? I think what, what we see here is through Shem down to, to Abram's father, something was done right for Abram to go, I'm going to hear the voice of God, whatever that was. But Abram chose to hear the voice of God and then respond to it. And regardless of what his father, and we're not looking at the fact that his father stopped. I mean, who knows? It could have been a physical ailment. It could have been a spiritual, mental, emotional ailment, whatever it was. But Abram continued to listen to God because of what his family had poured into him. Firmly had to believe that. So as we share these stories, these stories are not just for us. Stories are not for our kids to become us. And success is helping our kids hear the voice of God. Absolutely. And because of that, Abram made the move 
and he made the move into what we're going to talk about next week <laughs> here on the podcast. Love it. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Take care and uh, keep telling the stories. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.